I'm Isabel, she, her, hers. And I'm David, he, him, his. And we're two therapists with ADHD who sit down to have some chats about ADHD. We can't promise we'll stay on topic or be professional or even remotely mature, but we can promise that you'll end up looking at you or your loved one's beautiful neurodivergent brain in a shiny new way. This is not a therapy session. This is something shiny. I love it. Do you like uh, it? That's amazing. And can this just be the intro? You saying that and me freaking out about how amazing it is? Yeah. Did I, and you that dropping could, your voice? That could be, that could be our <laughs> first so intro. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to Something Shiny. I'm David. <laughs> Well, I, I mean, I can see why like CBT or like that cognitive behavioral therapy or like other forms of therapy re that really emphasize thinking about how you think about things and like what that inner voice and landscape feel like and talk and sound like. I could see how that maybe connects to like tapping into that norepinephrine side of things. Because if you're practicing, for example, pausing and going, ah, oh, I see you anxiety. Oh, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to help me. I feel you and I appreciate you. I'm so grateful I have some anxiety because I think sometimes it helps me da da da. Like, do you see what I did there? It's like, I'm not pretending yes. I don't have a feeling. I'm not like shaming or blaming myself for having that instinct to worry, but I'm also practicing kind of like reframing and making it more what is, what I do know to be true. Because ultimately in that moment, there's no short of that person giving you direct feedback in yes. the moment you it's it's you're right it's like it's the same thing as the driver in front of you you actually don't have data either way and so what can you do you can like state facts to yourself which could be like oh i see my anxiety there there she is oh i see that she's trying to help me because you know she is all right ah oh, take a few breaths <laughs> i'm grateful i'm grateful that i you know am able to take a few breaths whatever it is but it like that it's like if you do that enough then when you i don't know you have a really hard meeting at work or something and it really causes you to spiral you'll go to that thought pattern faster because you've wired it because you've rehearsed it so much or you won't spiral because you catch it faster. Wait, David, you're saying you wouldn't you would skip the spiral? <laughs> you can. You can wait. wait this, this is where the stuff kind of comes in. Like norepinephrine is so much around like the inertia and motive and movement of something, right? Like one place where I can see it is like most people that I know who kids with ADHD, like they either have a very, very clean room or they have a very, very messy room. Right? It's like it's one or the other. And when it's really messy and someone goes, clean your room, it's like, oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Where do I even start? Like, do I just burn it? Like, <laughs> like kids don't know how to, how to even begin with that mess, right? And if you're like, just clean off one thing, mm -hmm. the dopamine now is allowed to be like earned and harvested from doing that one thing. And now you feel good because you did one thing. So this literally, that's like how you build momentum That's how because you build, you build a feedback loop between, well, I did the one thing and I got it done. Do and now the norepinephrine thing. is like, oh, I judge that I got it done. And I like judging myself on a more reasonable scale. 
because it's a very specific, this ties into that idea you've talked about where it's like, you've got to be super specific. So if you give a broad command or a broad, make a broad request of a child or any human with ADHD, like clean your room, it's like, but if you say like, um, you know, pick up your Legos and put them or like move your Legos to this bin. Hunt or look for all the Legos you can. You have seven minutes to get all the Legos. If you can fill up this bin in seven minutes, you get like four snarf points. What's a snarf point? I'll tell you in seven minutes. Ready? <laughs> oh, and you just like now there's urgency, there's time, there's stimulation, and like what is this novel snarf point? I know the novel like, snarf point. I'm told. Oh, that's yeah, gold, David. Maybe that it's is cheese gold. fries later. I don't know, but like you know, it's like it, it's. It, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I love snarf points so hard. Okay. (laughs) Well, like, okay. I feel like my, I am so, there is so much dopamine being released in my brain as we're talking. This is such a rewarding conversation. (laughs) Um, And I feel like I want to go 800 directions at the same time. And I'm just going to pick one. Okay. So I am curious. Okay. So that kid in the room. Let's translate this to an adult who is, I guess, I guess what I wonder about is like, not to say as an adult, like, cause you've talked a lot about how you could replace that anxiety with excitement and you, you've named too that like, and I'll own, I, I think of the two of us, I am far more in the anxious court <laughs> or the anxious side of the spectrum. If it, that could be. Oh named. yeah. I'm far more. I, and I, you are far us, I live in that. Yeah. Hyperactive. You, you live in yeah. the excitement of it. And, and you've talked about how it's like, well, you know, it's the same, it's technically the same set of sensations in your body, right? Your heart's racing, you might be getting a little sweat, you might be like, oh, jazzed, um, but it's how you're interpreting it, right? So is what you're saying, like rooted in that norepinephrine rehearsal, like that you're sort of saying either you could switch it to be, like, could I also say like, oh, but I guess the part I'm, 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 the part I am challenged by as a human who has, I think, always struggled with anxiety and likely always will. Um, and I don't say that because I'm like defeated in it, if that makes sense. I say that because I'm like just aware that at least in my particular journey and in, you know, even just thinking transgenerationally, like it has served me and my people <laughs> to mm-hmm. be very concerned with like safety like, so for example, like I have, and, and I don't spend a ton of time thinking about it, but I feel a lot more relieved when I have like a very stocked fridge or a very mm-hmm. stocked pantry in a way that like it's, you know, it goes beyond, it's not like I'm, I'm a full like doomsday prepper or anything, but like there there's something here where I guess I just don't know how I could turn that into excitement if my, if I, and, and if my... And is it, I guess, couldn't you also then, if you think of this as being like a simple thing you could change, does, I mean, on the one hand, it's like, yeah, I can change it. But on the other hand, like, oh gosh, it's my fault. Like, Mm. I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know if I I think, if I actually believe it's my fault that like (laughs) generations of people have survived really awful things. And so now I I do carry the sense of like, be hypervigilant about, you know food, clothing, shelter, make sure everything is like, you know, I don't know. No, everything you're saying, I just want to, I want to honor it. It's so right. 
and like we're talking about the interplay of epigenetics at this point and how mm. much that has to do with the rehearsal or exposure to like leaning in a certain way or not and i absolutely believe that there's a genetic component to trauma yeah and that trauma has incredible transgenerational boundaries and if you're in in the united states uh, it would be hard to have a transgenerational experience absent of trauma yeah yeah just given the and, u.s's history and absolutely yeah and then I, I gotta be a little brashier about the u.s right like men and women are seen differently mm-hmm. and treated differently here yes and i could only imagine that the differences between men and women are honored by like whether we go to anxiety or anger more often mm-hmm. and i think that men are traditionally in this in this country reinforced for getting angry people leave them alone they get what they need it's like it's it, it's reinforcing for them it's not a great thing to do but it like it gets to basic needs met so it happens more often in the same way that anxiety happens and i don't want to say like anxiety goes to women and you know anger goes to men in some cut and dry like you know sex binary way but i do want to say i have been validated my impulsivity is seen as confidence oh my gosh everywhere i go yeah yeah. I didn't learn that until like my 30s, but like it's seen as confidence, whereas other people's impulsivity is seen as over emotionality or <sighs> um, like being why, why are you dysregulated mm-hmm. or right. And then like how that gets shamed, mm-hmm. how you get put in corners or boxes mm-hmm. like you shouldn't you're. You're being a little overly confident, aren't you? Not thinking about what could go wrong. Someone could murder you, or like whatever they say. Like, like it's just like I don't know. Why I went to that that horrible <laughs> place. But like, yeah, yeah. It was super extreme. But I'm just saying, like, I I don't want to say one is better than the other. Like, I think that I had to really work to find excitement. I I was growing up a little more in that angry place, fighting any system, fighting any person, I could. And, and it's not like when you get angry, it's kind of like you got to feel yucky after yelling for like two hours. Like it doesn't feel good to be, to access anger often. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness. Like I really, I I met some really good friends and I got some really good supports. I have an amazing brother, had an amazing brother. Right. And like Mm -hmm. really got some good supports where I wasn't alone, but a lot of the people don't have that. And I got a choice in a moment to think about, do I want to get, anxious or do i want to get excited oh wow thank you david thank you so much for sharing i i'm like i i literally i feel like i had i i'm just so grateful that you just said all you said i feel like really oddly very seen (laughs) by what you just said i think that moment where you describe first of all in your journey how you like how much it meant for you to learn that you could earn the excitement. You could like almost instruct yourself on how to turn that anger into excitement, I think is game changing just to think about, just game changing to think about. I I like don't know that I'm fully processing it yet. And then the moment where you were describing where as a male or, you know, you were, you were, your impulsivity was maybe viewed as confidence and for others, you know, the same trait could be viewed as, you know, you're over, like what came to my mind is all the things I've heard around, like you're overreacting, mm-hmm. you're over <laughs> me, overdramatic. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. And you know, cause it's so interesting. It's like, I, someone tells me something exciting and I shriek or I like, oh, and I like legit, like light up and shake my hands and I make big gestures. And I you know, like, I can't tell you just how much I, even in like my physical posture, I think have tried to blunt that and mask that and keep that small and how much I think I have been reinforced. And I don't know if this is unique to, you know, being a woman in this world, but, um, but I will name, you know, and gosh, I have good, oh, the layers of privilege is ridiculous that I carry as a, as you know, as a white woman, as a cisgendered woman, like all the things, but to name that I am, I do think I get a lot of reinforcement around my anxiety because like, for example, and it, it maybe, I mean, it's hard for me to not think of examples because it's like so much my life right now to also be a mom. But like, for example, when I ask a question that like, de- like demands more detail of something, like, for example, like I'm dropping, I don't know, like I'm dropping my kid off and teacher asks me, you know, says hi. And I go, Hey, like, Oh, do we need to do this for picture day or something? Like, like, it's, it's almost like anticipated and expected that I'm going to be the keeper of that information and it's on me to be very vigilant of it versus <laughs> when my husband, Bobby, goes in and it's like, oh, hey, you know, like he wins the day if he like manages to get them in the door, even though of the two of us, I think he's far more effective at doing that. Um, but I do think that the scales of how we're, you know, kind of socially judged is absolutely influencing which of those things we're carrying because his lateness I think is viewed as like for example if he arrives late to something which he doesn't actually (laughs) he just doesn't run late but if he does I feel like again it's read as confidence I run in late and it's I I I have been conditioned I think actually now that we're talking about it to I'm so sorry oh like I won't do it again you know kind of thing which is just so funny because it's like (laughs) it's probably running late for the same reasons and I'm not a bad person because I'm running late I don't know this is just really blowing my mind and I'm like not I just see you nodding and smiling is this making any sense I feel like you're making so much sense and I'm like I, no, I don't know. Everything you're, you're, you're talking about, it, it's like where judgment lies and like where our own judgment lies for our own expected behavior and like what we should be. And and I think when we're talking about norepinephrine, it's around not lying to yourself around what you need. And like... Say that again. <laughs> I think it's about not lying to yourself about what you need. And, uh-huh. Or like, let me say it differently, like, Okay, so I'm going to talk about Tavistock. Oh, brace yourselves, everybody. Okay, so this we're is a in very for nerdy, a treat. Like, group relations con- we're uh, in conference. for a yeah. treat. Well, can can <laughs> um, we can we just back up and, and fill everyone in? I think we've talked about Tavistock once or you know maybe ten times at this point, but Tavistock is rooted in um, the work of uh, Wilford Beyond, right? who was a British uh, something in psychology. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> but we... It's in, he, it's in the 1940s. It's in the 1940s, was, working yeah. with survivors, like like essentially like um, survivors who were um, coming back from World War II. 
or World War One even, right? Like he was working with these groups in, in England and he was doing like group therapy and he was seeing how healing happened in groups. And he was trying to figure out like what, like literally how do the dynamics of groups work? Like why, is, who does what and why? Point is, is Tavistock is like the center that, um, his method is taught in and then they run these group relations conferences where essentially you go and you experience what it's like to be a part of a group oh <laughs> i don't know how yeah, else to like explain the, it that does not cover okay. it at all it's, i'm it's, stopping it's, it, you do this no, you're, you're part. I don't know. okay no <sighs> the group relations conferences or tavistock as a whole it can't be really described or explained it's one of those things that like definition of itself you go okay yeah i'll join a group but then like the, the process of it is very strange for practicing in young clinicians or, or therapists as a whole that want to get better at group relations or group concepts, it's really cool because you can evaluate and see the emotionality in groups and in the room and understand like relationships differently. Mm-hmm. And there's this, there's this one group where this person arrived late and all these really like weird things happen in Tavistock, like when people arrive late. I know it's, it sounds so strange, but like this person arrives like five, six minutes late, like it's not a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. me, of all people, like, I don't care if you're late. I truly don't. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, if you can't make it, I get it. Like, it's not mm-hmm. a bit, like, it happens. Um, but the group was in a, in a conversation and opened the door. The person opened the door and just started going, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, uh, my kids, we were out and they didn't see the time and they didn't want to say goodbye to me. And we were trying not to like go, but like I was trying not to say goodbye to my kids. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And it was like, I hard it and I didn't want to. And they were just kind of like overly explaining this entire thing. And while I was watching it, like the group ends up like attacking her, like in, in oh. psychological terms, they're all like, don't throw your kids in front of a bus. Like, this is about you. You can be late. You didn't have to interrupt the group. Why did you have to make us all make you feel better about being late? And I was like watching this going like, wow, what's happening? And like long, long story short, like too long didn't read. In that moment, I realized like there's an art to how we can be late, and there's like it's almost like a role we need to play when we're late in a group, and it's acknowledging the inconvenience of everyone else, being very small, and like apologizing at the end. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like you don't don't talk too much, don't give too too many specifics because really no one cares. Um, well, it's, but you it's have to you have care. to like yeah. almost like say like my bad. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, my bad. I'll just be quiet and wait to figure out what's happening. <laughs> in, right. And in that moment, I let me see somebody else's anxiety in a way that I also experience it. Like, mm. I experience going into rooms late, going like, I'm so sorry. I, you know, like, I feel horrible. Yeah. And I'm late a lot. <laughs> me <laughs> <I'm> too. Like, <laughs> this is, so, but I, I truly don't like it. It's just like, it's, it's part of, it's part of my, who I am. Yeah. And, and I think it wasn't until a little while ago in life, like in, in my like, you know, in my grad school course of learning, where I realized you actually have a choice on how you want to experience that. That sounds so weird and nerdy and, and stuff like that, but that's that, that's the kind of stuff that I work on in therapy. Mm. And it's like, and this is I'm sorry if this is like a weird moment where I'm saying like I, I think therapy is helpful. Like I am not only a therapist, but I like therapy. <laughs> like, oh yeah, no, I no. I own. mean, clearly. <laughs> like, well, it's like I mean, I I often will say like why would I be selling something I won't buy? (laughs) Like, of course, like, you know, and I think it, no, absolutely. Okay. Wait. So what you're, what you're saying, if I'm hearing right is like, okay, this is backing up the train a little bit. First of all, that idea of like, you're always running late, but you don't want to be, 
I've, I saw this meme once a long time ago that like, I, I, I like wish I could just wear on my forehead and it just says, sorry, I'm late. It's because of who I am as a person. <laughs> and it's just, it's just like, but the way it's phrased is just like, sorry, I'm late. It's because who I am as a person. It's just never going to change. There's like, there is a deep rooted, it, I think it took me until like maybe, maybe five years ago for me to like accept that I could not figure out a way to always be on time. Like, I think I really finally, this was before I think, or around the time maybe I had the real, like we, you know, had the whole, ah, I have ADHD. But like, I think that idea of I've heard it said, and this is something, you know, my friends and I talk about, my friends who are also women and like, you know, working moms and, or, you know, working professionals will talk about how like, you know, there are differences in how men and women have been socialized to communicate and, you know, sexism in the workplace is real among all the other isms like racism and ableism and goodness, you know, pick a thing. Um, and one of the ways it shows up is like when, a like, you know, women tend to like use a lot more words to say the same thing. And a lot of people read that as, you know, you are doubtful, you're not confident, you know, it's just so fascinating, right? Like how you're socialized to communicate is like, then works against you in certain settings or works for you in other settings. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they, um, a friend of mine told me, and I, oh, I wish I could remember exactly what the phrasing is, but it's like, instead of saying, I'm sorry, like the thing you say I'm sorry for is the thing that's like, oh, you and I are in deep, like some form of relationship to each other. And I believe I have harmed you, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And so now I am apologizing for, you know, causing what I fear was harm and like wanting to own that I did that, right? Walking into a room is not a reason to apologize. Bumping into someone is not a reason to apologize. Like, I don't know, like dropping off something late is not a reason to, but like she was just kind of explaining, like, like think about actually, do you need to apologize? And what you could say instead is thank you for your patience. So you just remove the sorry and you go straight to like, I am saying thank you to the person for the thing that you have given me, which is patience. So like, I use thank you for your patience all the time. And I swear it's game changing how I think about like turning things in late or being late or because that's literally what I am. It's like I, I'm, I'm thanking you for your patience because you're still here. <laughs> Even if you're mad at me, you still stayed long enough to like wait for me to arrive. So you were on some level patient. <laughs> so thank you for that. That's so interesting. Around the, I had one hiccup moment. Mm, uh huh. And that that's like. I'm very conditioned to apologize if I bump into people. Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't apologize. You know what I say? I, I feel horrible. When oh. I bump into people, and I bump, I'm like a, I'm like a, like a, uh, I, I bump into, people <laughs> and I, I don't like it, David. And I feel so bad for it, David. Okay, here's the truth. Not that this is a shocker to anyone who knows me, but I am six foot tall, and I got elbows. I don't know if you see these elbows, David. These elbows. Back in junior high, I was just standing with my hands on my hips and my elbows poking out, and a much shorter <laughs> seventh grader walked into it and gave himself a black eye. <laughs> just walked into my elbow and I gave him a black eye. What I'm trying to say is the amount of injuries I have probably caused by my flaily 
limbs and joints and, you know, like presence in the world is huge. But here's the thing. I don't say sorry. You know what I say, which I think is one of the best words that's not in the dictionary. You ready for it? You oh. seem. Yes. Yeah, oh. the Midwestern. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I don't know. I was like, I don't think I ever knew that I did that until I heard someone making fun of it. And I'm like, what is that? Who says that? And yeah. then like Midwesterners, I'm like, no, they don't. And then I like later that night, I was in this like the supermarket and like, like, like scooching by someone was like, oh, and, and then I was like, I did it. I just did it naturally. Like, like in the wild. Like I, 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 I opened. Yeah. I, I'm open. I opened in yeah. the wild. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening. If you ever have that thought where you think, hey, I'm nothing, stop. Remember, you're something. Something's shiny. That's right. Just as you are. If you like what you heard and you want to hear more free episodes of this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on Instagram as Something Shiny Podcast. And if you're looking for more information, useful links, definitions, visuals, everything we can think of and more is on our website at somethingshinypodcast.com. And it's all free. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks.